0: It's the offseason. We're starting our deep dives. Brought to you the expert today, Jacob Millam, writer for Inside the Royals, co-host of the Royals Rundown podcast. We're going to talk all things Kansas City. Let's get after it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsay Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And like I said, we've got Jacob Millam here with us, writer for Inside the Royals, co-host of the Royals Rundown podcast, and just expert of all things Kansas City. And, And Jacob, I have to ask, do you think that Bobby Witt Jr. was the fourth best rookie in the American League? Because there's been you a little know, bit I've, of conversation back and forth about that.
1: I, I'm a little biased, but hey, I gotta I gotta give my flowers where I can. Julio Rodriguez won. He should have been unanimous. Um that Baltimore Orioles writer robbed him of that unanimous distinction. Um look, I honestly had Bobby at number three mm-hmm. and I had Adley at number four. I I was not a look. So my local minor league team is actually the Norfolk Tides where Adley mm-hmm. Rushman played it qu- for quite a while. I didn't find him that impressive. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't. I there's... really liked Steve Kwan. Loved him. Steve and Kwan, I I've lost you a
0: whole bunch of listeners saying that, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's like prospectors, you know, know that it's so hard to quantify what a catcher does. Yeah. And, and it's so hard it, it's so hard to to when you make the case for a catcher next to somebody else, it's so hard to kind of figure out, you know, what exactly is because of the catcher, what is not because of the catcher. We don't have any good stats for it. We've tried to do things like catcher independent ERA and stuff like that. It doesn't quite work. Uh, I'm, you know, and I'm sure you probably had to deal with this too because you guys have uh, a pretty impressive rookie catcher in MJ Melendez, who, I mean, played all over whether it was. Uh, catching, obviously, in place of Salvador Perez, DHing played in the outfield. So let's start our conversation with Kansas City in the infield and the outfield with, with MJ Melendez. Um, obviously, Salvador Perez is not going anywhere. Is playing MJ Melendez in the outfield sustainable? Is that something that he can actually not only do it, but can thrive out there? Or was that just a way to get his bat in the lineup? I, I really just think it's a way to get the bat in the lineup consistently. Because
1: before he came up to Kansas City, you could have counted the amount of times he had played away from catcher on two hands. Mm -hmm. And that included times that he was playing third base. I mean, the Royals organization tried to plug in MJ Melendez wherever they could. And honestly, there are several decent, I'm not saying amazing, but decent outfield prospects in this Royals organization that could be in the left field spot. Now, would I rather would I rather see MJ out in the field, Vinny, Pasquantino a designated hitter, and then Salvi behind the plate? Yes, but you know Salvador Perez he's not going to be an everyday catcher anymore. That's the reason why the Royals promoted a catch named Freddie Um Really, he made his. MLB debut this past season and did did all right. He did okay. But health at the catcher position is a big thing for the Kansas City Royals. So I getting back to your question though. I, I don't think it's sustainable. I really mm-hmm. don't. He's a heck of an athlete, but he is at the end of the day your catcher of the of the future, at least for the time being. You you know how it ebbs and flows in MLB. Mm-hmm. I, I think you just need to get him more looks at catcher and not
0: try to force him to be something he's not. And especially when you have so many options, as far as guys can, that can play the infield can play the outfield. I think about guys like a hunter, like, like a Hunter Dozier Ryan O'Hearn just got resigned, which was a little bit surprising to me when <laughs> I saw that. And from what I, from his tweet it was surprising to him too about how people felt about it. Yes. Uh, and, and, I think that's a good place to go because people who listen to this podcast know that we are huge Vinnie Pascantino fans around here. I have him as one of the breakout hitters of 2023, like may contend for, for a batting title, Vinny Pascantino staying over here. And so you've got Vinnie Pascantino. You've got Nick Prado, who is the better defender at first, for whatever yep. that's worth. And then you've got Ryan O'Hearn. How do you make play time? For all three of these guys, is it like you said? Is Passantino better suited to the DH role? And is that going to, is not being in the field going to impact his offense? Or or how do you work this out in the infield?
1: So I want to present it to you like this today, trying to make sure I'm tracking all the new additions to the 40 man roster, make sure I'm got all my ducks in a row. Scrolling through MLB.com, 40 man Mm -hmm. roster, Royals, boom, you got pitchers, infield, outfield, go down all the way to the bottom. There's a section designated hitter. I I've honestly never seen that for a team before. But designated hitter, one person, Vinny Pasquantino for the Kansas City Royals. <laughs> so look, I, he's a competent first baseman. Um, I would I would argue more than competent defensively. Right. Um, I think his glove has come a long way. It's probably about average for for MLB level, but that's still pretty. That's a lot better than what it was. Yeah. Um Prado is your first baseman of the future. It really is. If for the Royals listeners out there, if you want someone to compare him to, it's Eric Osmer. All right. You're looking, you got the bat, you got the athleticism the defense right there, and you mm-hmm. want to see Prado there consistently like Osmer was. Do you remember uh do you remember Billy Butler, Lindsay? You remember that I, name? I remember Billy Butler, yeah. Vinny Pasquantino is going to be the Billy Butler role. I'm not saying he's going to be the player, but probably that workload is going to be similar. And you ask any Royals fan out there, we were already moving on to 2023 without Ryan O'Hearn in our plans. (laughs) Um, Hopefully without Hunter Dozier in our plans, but the team knows wiser than us. They know better than us. Ryan O'Hearn, he is actually a fairly decent pinch hitter. Um, mm-hmm. For the latter half of 2022, he was one of the league's best pinch hitters, and so there is some value in that. And there's also just value in having the depth. Where you will start making fans mad is if you see him consistently in the lineup, like we did for a certain time. But I think that's how it that shakes out.
0: Yeah, and and pinch hitting is a, an actual skill that not everybody is is talented at, and that's something I think a lot of fans forget, and. I'm guilty sometimes when I watch a game and I'm like, what are you doing? But pin, like pinch hitting, coming in cold off the bench and being able to get a, a crucial hit in a crucial situation is very is very difficult and not everybody can do it. And so if that's, if that's Ryan O'Hearn's role, then I think he'll do well. Obviously, the DH makes things a little bit different as far as how often you need pinch hitters, but uh, still use for him on the roster. And the money's not too big if he ends up not making it. Uh, but talking about guys making it, when I look over this infield, You've got Michael Massey. You've got Bobby Witt Jr. Obviously, you have Nicky Lopez, and then you have whatever you can get out of Alberto Mondesi. So, how do you find play time for everybody in Kansas City when you've got, you know, two or three first base options? You've got multiple options for short and third between Mondesi and Lopez and Bobby Witt. Like, who who is the man out in this scenario?
1: It's so right now, in my opinion, the odd man out has to be Aldoberto Mondesi. Um, the you just the can't health, count on him, you, you you, can't, and that's and that's the frustrating part because at a certain time last year, seeing him, you, you were kind of seeing everything shake out. You know, he was mm-hmm. at third, Bobby Jr. was at short, Nikki was at second, it, it was looking pretty good on the infield on paper. Um, now there were a lot of early season struggles. And then Modesty went and, well, not went and got injured, but he got injured. And that's, it was kind of a lot of Royals fans throwing their hands up because it's, you see the talent, you see the skill and you Mm -hmm. can see it all come together for flashes and then something happens. And it's it's frustrating and maybe he just needs a fresh start somewhere. Um, Now, I'm not saying that he's not going to make this 40-man roster because I think he does. I think he does provide some depth and a good start every you know few games, but he's not going to be that 162 game guy that you really wanted him from. Now, I do have to say this: I'm a big, huge advocate for moving Bobby Wood Jr. to third base.
0: We are and too. I, I I wanted to get your thoughts on that. We we absolutely have had the same thing. We've seen the defensive statistics. I've seen the eye test. And I think that when it comes to a top prospect, when they're in the minors, uh, obviously everybody cares about the offense, cares about the hitting. And I think we maybe didn't do the due diligence required as to what Bobby Witt looked like at shortstop. And mm-hmm. so like to me, and we've made this case before, move him to third base. Uh, it's something where I understand you lose a little bit of the value of having a, 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 the great bat, the great offense. Uh, although he doesn't walk a ton uh, at third versus short, but he's a defensive liability at times at shortstop. Mm-hmm. And so with this team and with some of these pitchers that you have, you need a good defense behind you. And and so we are on, we are, we are on the same wavelength here, Jacob. <laughs> we are moving Bobby Witt to third base. Uh, love it. You'll still look great at third, Bobby, but we'll have to put you over there.
1: Exactly, exactly. And I am there's there's a lot of position players for or sorry, not a lot of position players, a lot of prospects at shortstop. That I really love in this Royals organization. Um, one of one of my guys to keep an eye on next year, which we'll talk about later, is a shortstop. Uh, Michael Garcia. He's got the pedigree. He's got the glove. Can he do it at the plate? I think that he is going to be a very steady shortstop for a major league team here before too long. Um, and the the list, if there is one spot that the Royals are pretty set at as far as infielders go, it is, it is shortstop. Mm-hmm. Things are a little thin at third base. Um, things are kind of surprisingly thin at second base. And I know you can move people around, but right now organic shortstops are plenty in this organization.
0: And the big thing when it comes to shortstops, obviously that everybody kind of is a core competency you have to have is the defense. You have to feel safe in what that guy gives you. And if you have thought about uh, making your home safe with home security, but you've been putting it off, uh, listen up because uh, simply safe is the number one rated Home security system, and right now, locked on MLB prospects listeners can get those systems for fifty percent off. The biggest offer of the year. We know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries, package thefts, things like that, spike nationally. That's why Simply Safe is having the fifty percent off sale now, so that your family can feel secure and safe this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today. It is uh, simplysafe.com/slash locked on MLB. It's the biggest discount of the year. Again, that's simply safe.com slash locked on MLB because there's no safe like simply safe. Okay, So when we talk about needing a good defense and having a good defense, whether it's from your shortstops, whether it's from simply safe uh, people who really appreciate defense to me, it feels like our pitchers. Mm-hmm. And when I look at this team, I know that uh, there are some questions about whether your elder statesman or not comes back. And I, I think he's going to come back, but for the most part, this rotation is very young. It's a lot of guys that were drafted in that big pitching heavy twenty eighteen, right? the Brady singer, the Daniel Lynch, the Chris Bubick, and things like that. And so plenty of young guys to pitch for a while. I wanted to ask you about some of the the prospects behind them because it feels like there's two kinds of prospects of pitching prospects in the royal system. There are the college pitchers that have some amazing pitch, but control issues. And then there's the younger prep pitchers that seem to be doing just fine right now, but they're very young. They're still 19 years old, 20 years old. They're a couple of years away. Um, Asa Lacy's a guy that, that, obviously, that's the one everybody thinks of. Uh, 2020 first-rounder at Texas A&M. He's got that wipeout slider and he, uh, that kind of looks like a cutter in the fastball. Do you think that Austin Lacy has a chance to develop under this new coaching staff to the point where he can throw a pitch and know where it's going? Because it feels like that's kind of the big issue Austin Lacy has right now.
1: It it is. And something that Lacey hasn't been able to get in during his time in Kansas City is just innings, mm-hmm. just work. Um his it's been one thing after another. It was the shoulder shut him down early. And then this past year, it was his back that limited him. And those are two injury spots that you really don't want to see in such a young pitcher, especially. Um, It's this. So, you know, whenever you're hearing stuff from an organization, you got to take it with a grain of salt. They're going to be super optimistic about their guys and things like that. But lacy himself said at the start of 2022 like hey this is the best my body has felt and i'm feeling ready to go uh mitch mayer who is in the player development system for the kansas city royals talked about it too quote he's in the best spot he's been in a long time in that regard
0: best shape of his life
1: yeah best shape of his life it was great and that was even after like he stopped pitching in the 2022 season. So something's something's going on with the body, but it is when he is healthy and when he's on, it's hey, I'm gonna be a, a frontline starter. Mm-hmm. But right now he just just something's something's not there. And I and I think I think it's mental. I think it's something with the I don't want to say discipline, but the repetitiveness of pitching like where you just have to get into that groove. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's sad, but it has been frustrating to see how his 2022 season went. I mean, the guy only pitched 20 innings and he walked 28 guys. Yeah. And, like how, and
0: go ahead. Sorry. His, his like for the listeners who are trying to figure out the context of his stuff to his control issues. 80 like what the 80 I think it's uh 80 career innings, 114 career strikeouts, 83 career walks. Like it's I mean the stuff is amazing. The walk issues are real. He walked 12.6 guys per nine in Double A Northwest Arkansas this year. Yeah. So I mean, gorgeous delivery gorgeous movement to the pitches. I mean, three off-speed pitches that could all be plus pitches. Like you said, if everything's on, if everything hits, he's a number one pitcher. And we very, very rarely say that on the show, unless your name's Andrew Painter, but (laughs) just he's got to figure out the control and and the delivery. And like you said, a lot of it feels like it's not physical. It's more so just he needs maybe just to, to embrace the role of a professional pitcher and the monotony and the routine and, and, if that's what it takes, hopefully that's what this next staff can can instill in him.
1: Yeah, ho- hopefully so. And something you know, something that the listeners have to take with a grain of salt is the Royals' pitcher development team. Like Lindsay, I, I really want you to to sit and think about this. Can you think of a homegrown Royals pitcher not
0: named Danny Duffy? Okay. Um. I I genuinely do not think I can, and that's
1: and that that's the problem with this team. It's been over a decade since they've really developed like a a top a front, guy, a frontline starter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you can argue your Donald Ventura was one. You know, tragically, he's not with us anymore. But even he had a lot of issues with his actual pitching skill. So. <laughs> It's this has been a long a long issue, and hopefully, it's something that is addressed at both the major league level and in the farm system. But we fans are really hoping for some change under this new leadership.
0: Yeah, because there's a lot of guys that to me have a ton of promise, but just have to clean stuff up. Like Jackson Kowar has probably the best change up in the system. Another one of those 2018 guys. He was out of Florida. Uh, again, just I, I absolutely love the changeup, the two-seamer when it's on. They play really well together as long as he can keep it from just being dead straight. Uh, Jonathan Bowling came back from Tommy John sooner than I thought he was going to. And he's got good size, good control, a lot of the stuff that you like. So a lot of these guys have these traits of like this, this glaringly amazing tool that a lot of pitchers don't have, and they just all kind of struggle to consistently throw strikes, and it feels like. There's a very obvious solution here as far as development goes, and it's teach them how to throw strikes. It's just obviously easier said than done. Um, <laughs> if you had to put money on one of these pitching prospects, Lacey, Kowar, Bullen, maybe one of the, the prep pitchers like a Ben Kurdna or a Frank Mazzucato, if you had to put money on one of these prep pitchers coming up and panning out at the big league level, who would it be?
1: Look, this, this is long money, man, but I absolutely love Ben Kurnow um got the got the chance to interview him on the Royals rundown podcast last mm-hmm. year. Um great guy and absolutely he he went and he took care of business. And he's only 19 years old. So I know he's got a couple more years before he's going to be cracking the rotation, but you watch his stuff and he he commands a mound. He certainly kind of as much as a pitcher can, he feels like he leads the game. Like, from pacing to to counts to defense. I don't know. There's there's something about Ben Kudita that has
0: me very locked on. And, and nice little pun there. Something that I liked about watching his 2022 is as the season went on, he was going deeper into games. I want to say, like, August and September, he was averaging, like, five or six innings a start, which for a 19-year-old is – remarkable because obviously one first season in professional ball, but two, your prep seasons don't last nearly that long. And so he's showing that he can handle the bigger workload and he can go deeper. I mean, I I think he threw 72 in a third innings. And so a guy that if I'm putting money on it, it's like, it's probably him as well, or it's Jonathan uh, Bolin, just because I like the combination of the control and the size and everything. If you want to put money on something, BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. They've got football, both uh, pro and college. They've got basketball, both pro and college. They've got soccer. They've got esports. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And what I love is they now have World Series futures for 2023. Jacob doesn't know I'm doing this, but uh, I want you to guess what the Royals – Odds are for the World Series. I'll and I'll I'll preface it with saying that uh, the the Dodgers are the favorites, and they're at like plus two fifty. So oh, Royals for the World Series. Oh, plus
1: five thousand.
0: Plus ten thousand. They are tied oh, with the oh, dime. It's not the worst. They're tied with the Diamondbacks, Cubs, and Reds, and then behind them. Is Colorado at plus twelve thousand five hundred and then Oakland, the Pirates and the Nationals at plus fifteen thousand. Uh, ten thousand to one odds, I will always drop five dollars on a ten thousand to one odd anytime. <laughs> um, if you want to do that, is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because BetOnline Online is where the game starts. All right, we're here with Diggott Milham, writer for Inside the Royals, co-host of the Royals Rundown podcast, available for each podcast. You guys uh, obviously spend a lot of time in one system. We are kind of generalists here at Lockdown and be prospects. We cover 30, uh, 30 teams, 120 farm uh, farm teams and all of that. Yeah. So I kind of want to get f- from you a few names of minor leaguers that that from inside the system that you've had your eye on that kind of pique your interest and i'm going to give you some that from outside the system we've kind of seen and we kind of have our eyes on um i think starting off i guess i'll go first to give you time to come up with it but i'm thinking catcher hayden dunhurst so sixth rounder in 2022 out of old miss i was lucky enough to watch him about four or five times in person in 2022's college season. And just one of the best defenders that I've seen in person in quite a while out of college. And I think that he kind of got done wrong by his pitchers and by his staff. If you go and you look, I remember a series against Texas A&M where like Texas A&M like nine for nine on steals. And it's not his fault. He's got a pop time that's like 179. He's got quick hands and a good arm but every ball he's getting is in the dirt or they have huge jumps because they're not getting held on. And so very good blocker, very good framer, especially low. Uh, The question is going to be offense. Like he has that high floor because he has just a good defense, but the question is going to be, can he get enough power production without having to pull everything? So someone that I I saw him picked, I was happy he went to you guys. And if he can put together the offense, I think you've got more than just a backup catcher profile, but somebody that, in four, you know, four or five years can be the second catcher behind MJ Melendez, and you're trying to find ways to get them both in the lineup every day. Uh, somebody who stood up to you as far as inside uh, the system.
1: Man, there's, uh, there's quite a few. And look, we, we know I love my shortstop, so I'm going to go ahead and start there. Why not? Um, Daniel Vazquez, he is an 18-year-old shortstop. Uh currently with the Columbia Fireflies, the team's low a affiliate. Mm-hmm. Um, I really just watching him so I live in Virginia. I actually traveled down to Columbia for a series, tried to, you know, try to actually actually see some of these prospects, and man, he just flies, flies around the diamond. Mm-hmm. And he is he's not gonna hit it all over the park, not gonna lie, but he does he has stretches where he just gets on base a lot. And it is, you want to see that out of your smaller shortstops, but he's got good defense, um, a cannon for an arm. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to move him to center field at some point because mm-hmm. he has that speed, he has that twitch and that arm. But um, he is a guy who I think can climb the prospect ratings this upcoming year. I like that.
0: Not even, in, like, not even in the top 30. That's why we bring on local experts to do this kind of stuff, because we get guys like that. That was great. Um, next guy that I have, somebody that I actually watched, I've, I've actually interviewed him, uh, Mason Barnett, right-hand pitcher, third-rounder out of Auburn in the 2022 draft. I watched him in the regionals go up against UCLA and was absolutely untouchable. He's a fastball slider guy. That's his main go-to. He's got to change that he'll pull out against a lefty, and it's average to above average. And he's got a curveball that's kind of a get me over curveball, but he's got the mentality. He's got that that mindset of I'm not going to let you get on base. I'm going to take it personally when you try to get on base. I'm not going to let you do it. And just the pitch ability is is definitely an asset. The thing is just getting the pitches to be on at the same time when he's got everything locked in combined with the pitchability you have a guy that can absolutely put in MLB quality starts it's just getting that refinement in on a Mason Barnett so that he can do it but I think it was a great get um, for a third like for a third round pick you you have to be happy a lot of third round picks have about a 40% chance of making the bigs so I feel good about his chances provided he stays healthy obviously and just works on not necessarily control, but just keeping himself locked in on the mound.
1: There you go. Hey, see, you, you're working in the, the locked-on puns as well. I, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, I'll I'll stick with guys on the mound here. Um, I'm going to go with another later round pick. He was the Royals, or the Royals selected him in the seventh round of the 2021 MLB draft. Noah Cameron, a lefty who's currently with the high-A Quad Cities River Bandits, uh, the reason why I like him is in a system with so many pitchers that struggle with control and just have this el- electric stuff. Noah Cameron's kind of kind of the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. He has pretty steady and very decent control. Not, a, not an amazing fastball. It sits in the lower 90s, but it does have good horizontal break on it, which makes things interesting. And it sets up an amazing changeup. Like absolutely it will it'll sit you down. It's it's something else. And he has he has been a steady presence for whatever team he plays on. I mean, you know, his major his major league season or sorry career started in 2022 and he made it up from rookie ball through Columbia and up to high A. So he's on a good trajectory. I'm not saying he's gonna crack the the rotation or make his debut this year, but I would keep an eye on him for the 2024 season.
0: Absolutely love it. Uh given that you're a shortstop guy and you wanted to go with a pitcher, I was wondering if we'd get an Austin Charles mentioned in there or not. I oh, really yeah. it's one of those I always love the two way guys because you just wonder how like how long they can keep it going before they have to drop it. I uh, know. Real quick question something that was sent in to us by the listeners. Uh Tampa Bay fans have suggested Ooh. a one for one trade. Um sorry to surprise you with this, but they they propose their ace pitching prospect, Taj Bradley, for first baseman Vinny Pascantino straight up.
1: Yeah. Yes or no? Oh fifteen seconds, fifteen seconds. Let me think about it. Let me think about it.
0: Um because Bradley's pretty close to the majors. He was he got yeah. some time in triple A last year. Oh gosh, I'd say yes. I I
1: hate to say it I I'd, I'd say yes I and that's not that's more of a team need right but that is that is a tough position to be in because golly oh, but yeah I I'd, I'd say yes
0: it's Shoot. one of those you've got so many first basemen he's a stud pitcher who's closer rather than farther away that's most oh. development's already done it's hard to say no to I love it uh, all right Jacob tell tell folks where they can check out all your stuff your writing your podcast, all of that stuff.
1: Um, so you can find it all on my Twitter at JMillTheHam. Um, currently doing a lot of, yes, yeah, you, you see what I did there. But um, doing a lot of Royals, a lot of Chiefs content as well. But please go check out all the team's work at Inside Royals. Um, an amazing team over there just pushing out content. Editor Jordan Foote, is, uh, he's really knowledgeable on everything, so I greatly appreciate him. If you want just my Royals content, you could follow the podcast at Royal
0: Rundown Pod. And we're here for you and we're always ready to chat. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show is on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can always email your mailbag questions into us, locked on MLB Prospects at gmail.com. Till tomorrow's show, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects.